0: I love when I hear a business owner, whether it be small business or uh, a CEO of a large, large corporation who say, I don't know how to do that. So I brought in someone who's an expert and is much smarter than me and can handle it. And that is truly um, a letting go moment when I think as, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they start out, they're doing everything. And then to get to the point where um, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to call it sometimes an ego thing where, you are you are willing to accept that somebody else might be able to do that job
1: better if you as a business owner are doing bookkeeping or if somebody in your office who is miscast is doing bookkeeping um, you're actually costing your business more money so you as an owner doing bookkeeping are you visioning are you making strategic moves are you actually having lunch with your peers in order to understand what the market is doing? Are you working with your competitors to um, m- maybe understand hiring challenges? Are you doing work in your community to bolster bolster your presence there? All of those things are being missed if you're sitting at your computer plugging in invoices. Hey everyone,
0: welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass, a podcast channel presented by NOLA Consulting Group. My name is Molly Nolan and I'm excited to be back with you all today as your podcast host. I'm joined by NCT coach Catherine Freeman as we talk about the role of the bookkeeper. We would argue over and over that this role is a critical piece to your company's overall success. Hence, why it deserves its own podcast episode. Catherine shares her insights on why this is so, the mistakes we often see small businesses make when working through the responsibilities of this position, and how the bookkeeper fits into the organizational puzzle of your growing company. Today's episode is sponsored by Bookkeeping for Trades. When it comes to contractors, they get it. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass.
1: Hello, Catherine. Welcome back to Out of the Hourglass. How are you today? Good morning Molly it is a great day it's it's just I'm so happy it's spring
0: happy it's spring going into summer and um I hope that when our listeners hear this maybe it's a Friday for them because right now we're recording and it's a Friday and who doesn't love a good almost a summer Friday we're getting into oh. the summer Friday times
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true totally true <laughs>
0: um but thanks for, again for for joining me today uh, we're going to be talking about the role of the bookkeeper um in, in several past episodes that we've done, We've talked about the role of the CEO. We've talked about the role and hiring of a general manager, the hiring of a sales rep. And we've gotten some great feedback on uh, kind of drawing out particular roles within organizations and kind of diving deep in terms of what those, why are those roles so important? Uh, what kind of people are we looking to fill those roles? Um, kind of how, how they all work within the organizational structure. So today we're pulling out the role of the bookkeeper. Uh, we know it's an important role, uh, and the, because the numbers tell the story and so the, num- right. the, the numbers got to be straight. So Catherine, and we're bringing you in, um, for this conversation for, you have, a, um, you know, your HR experience background, you work intensely with clients on their financials on a monthly basis. Uh, you run an HR peer group and are talking about the hiring of, of people in this role. So you're a particular, uh, great candidate for this discussion. Well, thanks. Thanks Molly. appreciate it. So tell me, Catherine,
1: why is the role of the bookkeeper so important for company success? You know, um, one of the things that we always say is the systems run the business and the people run the systems. And there is no more fundamental system in any business than financials. It's the framework for much of what we coach in the Nolan Consulting Group. It's It provides structure for all of our conversations. Understanding and knowing your numbers is vital to operating, whether it's having a direct conversation with uh, a, an employee about their compensation or it's making the decision to hire a salesperson. All of that is within the context of the numbers. And so it is starting with making sure that your financial house is in order. And part of that is hiring a bookkeeper. And interestingly enough, when I, you know, when we were preparing for this podcast, I, I thought about the implementation ladder. I thought about what it is that we're asking businesses to do at each revenue size or what we might consider to be an appropriate flow. Now, Everything is going to be different, you know, depending upon what kind of industry you're in or Mm -hmm. how big you are when you join us. But the first thing that we coach to that we recommend that we think is going to be the number one step to success is hiring a bookkeeper. I'm literally looking at the implementation letter. It is the first thing. Start here. Hire
0: a bookkeeper. And Catherine, what joy does it bring to you as a coach when you first begin working with a new client and they say to you, yep, I've got a great bookkeeper. We look at the numbers pretty regularly. We do some planning around it. How often does that happen? But what joy does it bring when
1: well, it does? You know, it, it happens often enough that, um, you know, it, we we question whether a, a business is going to have a bookkeeper. Um, so it happens often enough. Um, but, you know, it's not... Uh, I, it can be at the outset, oh my gosh, this is a business, it's a million dollars and the business owner is still doing the numbers. That can, that can be a little problematic. And, you know, we wonder how hard are we going to have to push to have this hiring a bookkeeper conversation? How hard is it going to be to persuade somebody that this is necessary? Um, but, you know, it it is, it explains itself. Once we go through and understand why the role is necessary, it, it, it becomes self-explanatory. Um, and so uh, it's not as m- much of a scary prospect uh, as I'm thinking about it. It's not as much of a scary prospect. Sometimes it can't be, though. <laughs> right.
0: And I, I mean, I can imagine, you know, for a business owner who has been handling the numbers just themselves, that the thought of letting the numbers go is probably very scary for them uh, because that's, that's, that's very near and dear to their heart. I mean, especially in a small business world where almost every dollar, every dollar counts um, on a productivity level. And so to let somebody else begin the billing and beginning the invoicing, that's scary. You, you, it's that same issue before of, you know, I know how to do it. I can do it better than anybody else. I'm afraid to let it go um but this is a role that we're going to say to any business owner who is still doing their numbers hire a bookkeeper
1: hire a bookkeeper and you know it is it is a trust um situation and you know we 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 are not naive there are people out there who are not good um we always say trust but verify i mean i'm not suggesting that you bring in a bookkeeper walk away from your financial house sign over check writing responsibilities Give away the keys to the castle. That's not what we suggest. We suggest that you hire somebody who's got a certain level of certification and experience. That they mm-hmm. are good at what they do. That you have checked references and you know that they are solid and that they've they come with um, a trust factor already built in. But but don't just assume that they can handle everything and walk away. Trust and verify. You know, get the, you're gonna they're gonna be able to write checks. Mm-hmm. You've got. To, they're going to be able to reconcile credit cards and uh, pay those bills, but you're reviewing them on a on a monthly basis in a monthly financial conversation. So it's, it's. I I get that it's trust and that you're needing to you know let go of something that you've done and probably done well for a long time. But but if we're thinking about why a lot of businesses come to us, they come to us with this idea of growth, and growth doesn't necessarily mean pursuing. A ten million dollar operation, mm-hmm. but growth typically means moving out of your comfort zone, and this is one of those areas. Move out,
0: <laughs> move out, and I mean it. What we just you just mentioned kind of really hits home as to what mistakes we often see um, small businesses or contractors making. It's the one. It's the handing the handing over without the verifying. It's the giving the full trust to someone without. You know, being aware of the financial house, um, there being no bookkeeper in place at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, third, being you haven't you've hired an admin to do the to do the role
1: of the bookkeeping, but they don't have any bookkeeping experience. Right. That's actually probably the thing that we see most often is, you know, oh, I've got somebody in the office; they're great. I'm just going to have them do bookkeeping. Uh, uh, and you know some people can do that. Uh, we we always think about uh, roles in an organization uh, in a, in a couple of different ways. First of all, there's you know as we discussed in a in a prior podcast series, there's there's levels of work, um, and so therefore, are do we understand what we're expecting out of this role and the decisions mm-hmm. that they're going to make? So there that plays into it. Uh, but we also think about somebody's disc profile, and typically when we've hired somebody to be an admin in the office, we've done it through the filter of, I'm going to want this person to speak with my customers. And so we're hiring somebody who might have already have a high I. Um, that, that can sometimes get paired with a high C. We've got people who are high I's and high C's, but what we need in this role is a high C profile. And sometimes admins don't fit that bill. And it's, it's not what they need to do. It's not what they should be doing. And so I, I'm very careful to make sure when, we're, when I hear that, that we are exploring, does this person understand the level of detail that they need to be responsible for? Do they have the right profile? Do they have the right time management skills? I mean, you know, there's a lot of, of bookkeeping that's about time management and, and hitting things on particular mm-hmm. days. So I'm, I'm, I like to be careful about that. Well, for those who um, listen to our podcast
0: on a regular basis, um, you just heard Catherine say a high I and a high C. She's of course referring to, to DISC. Uh, that is a behavioral profile assessment uh, that we love here at NOLA Consulting Group. Um, it really helps us help our clients determine what, what people are best suited for certain roles. And so Catherine... Talk to us about, you know, who are we looking for then? If, if someone is listening here is looking to hire a bookkeeper or has, a book, has someone doing their, their numbers currently uh, and wants to kind of do this trust, but verify, do I have the right person in place right now? Who are we looking for? What, what are the behaviors? What kind of skills, uh, what kind of work history are we
1: looking for someone to have or credentials? Right. So, you know, in, in our, in the businesses that we work with, uh, oftentimes there is a, a, a really solid reason to look for somebody who's worked within trades before. So depending upon the kind of work that you're doing, whether or not you've got, you know, particular tax laws that you need to be sensitive to, or if there is particular paperwork that you're going to ask uh, somebody to be responsible for. So sometimes trade experience is important. Not always. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make that a blanket statement. But you want to think about the kind of work that you're doing, and if that's going to be something you're going to ask of your bookkeeper, then look for that. Um, I think that there is, there is, you know, so- somewhere in the neighborhood of five, maybe five to seven years of solid bookkeeping experience. Um, when Andrew talks about this, he he. He looks at people who are sole proprietors, so he, you know, he's not looking for a bookkeeper that's part of a larger firm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's there's some wisdom in having somebody who is attentive to you and to your needs. Uh, that's when I'm when I'm working with a client and and we're doing a bookkeeper search. I might suggest that they are not hiring a bookkeeper or their accountant to do their bookkeeping work. A lot of firms have bookkeepers on their team. A lot of accounting firms have bookkeepers on their team that they then uh, you could take advantage of and then have just one solid package. But keep in mind that your accountant has one goal and one goal only, and that is to make sure that you are best prepared for your tax uh, paperwork what we want out of a bookkeeper isn't necessarily that. So I like that idea. I like the idea of it being a sole proprietor or somebody who is separate from your accountant so that the person who's in front of you is listening to what you are requesting. Mm-hmm. So you, you might make decisions during the course of the month that are not year-end tax advantageous. And I wouldn't want your accountant coming in and, you know, kind of weighing in there. You're, you're making business decisions. Right. So so that's what we that's what we're typically looking for. somebody five to seven years. Um, sometimes they're a sole proprietor. Uh, I um, the difficulty with having a sole proprietor is that when they go on vacation, you know you don't necessarily have a backup. So maybe it's somebody who works with three, four people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's typically what we're suggesting. And so if you are looking to
0: hire a certain individual or bookkeeper, to, or someone to be your bookkeeper. Um, let's go back to a little bit of the the, the, the disc profiles you were mentioning. Um, the, the high C is critical, number one. Um, and tell us, a little, tell us a little bit more about that. And then, is there a secondary, you know, profile that we're
1: looking for? So I I might suggest um, uh, a high C. So C is that compliance behavior, right? That is somebody who's going to be looking at tracking down each and every single dime that's missing from your financials and you want that intensity of purpose uh an s which is steadiness or the pace at which somebody work works a high s can also be very um important here because you've got somebody who's single-minded and and looking at the task at hand and focusing all their time and attention on it as we mentioned before a uh, a high eye or, or a, a level of eye, which is influence or friendliness, can certainly be helpful. Um, I know of a lot of business owners who um, have mentioned that uh, bookkeepers or the bookkeepers that they've worked in the past can be prickly. And I, I would take that judgment out of it and say, well, you know, this isn't a prickly profile. This is somebody who is paying attention to details and single minded in nature. And so they are intense and they are focused. And what can happen then is when you as a business owner are coming in and maybe barreling in with questions and, you know, explain to me and I don't understand. Um, you can maybe have a little bit of a defense. Or I want to spend this and I want oh, th- right. to <laughs> do that
0: and I want to pay this. And your bookkeeper and bookkeeper's like, wait, 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 wait. Ah, that's that's right. not what we planned for. Right. That I can see that's where you can understand maybe um, a business owner thinking, oh, this person is a certain way when really they're just protecting the numbers. And that's right, a hard, Art.
1: that's a hard job to do. It it's is. not always um, the nicest job to have to do at the same time. Exactly. Right. And, you know, imagine being, being the person who's responsible for the numbers and checking your, you know, well, I hope that you're checking your cash flow with your coach. Um, but what if you're working on that with your, with your uh, uh, bookkeeper and you want to buy a truck, and they're saying, "I just don't think we can afford it." Don't interpret that as prickly or defensive. That's a that's a factual statement. That's cash flow. You know, it's not a personal. It's not a personal opinion. Is, I
0: don't is, think you need you need a new truck right now. It's a factual statement based fact. upon the story
1: of the numbers. Exactly right. You know, and you you mentioned that earlier about. Um, like who we're looking for, um, just a, you know kind of a quick think about that. As business owners, particularly when we're starting out in the hiring game, uh, oftentimes what happens is we hire people that we like and we hire people that are like us. And if you are a business owner with a DI profile, so now that's a high D, somebody who's definitive, direct, decisive, making decisions. Um, and as I mentioned before, I, which is influence, um, if you're a DI profile, you might get into the habit of hiring people who are similar to you. Uh, so first, that's bad for bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and second of all, now you're in that habit of hiring people who are like you, and you've, you're looking at a bookkeeper who is just the complete opposite of you, and you're wondering, how can I handle this? Well, you can. You can. You just need to learn how to communicate with them.
0: Again, it goes back. Growth is uncomfortable. It's get, exactly right. Get used to dealing with people that are unlike you. Exactly, exactly. So it kind of leads me into my next question with you, Catherine, is that relationship between the bookkeeper and the owner or the accounting team and the owner? Because we know as a business grows, uh, the accounting team grows with it. You have your bookkeeper, then maybe an accounting manager, controller, but the number relationship the numbers relationship between the bookkeeping and the owner is very important. So how 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 does this relationship play out? How how are we advising um, that they should work together?
1: No, I um, when when a when a bookkeeper is first starting out, I recommend a weekly conversation. Um, if as a business owner, you're really having difficulty of letting go of that as a responsibility. Maybe it is even a twice weekly meeting, but um, that's not a standard. I would not say that as a standard. I would say, as a standard, I'd wanna I'd wanna huddle each week on financials. I look I, I you know a, on a on a fun level, I call it the money in money out call. Right? It's the money in money out. Um, maybe you are having a quick review of your credit card statements. Maybe you're thinking about what payroll is, how payroll is going to impact your cash flow for this week. Maybe you're having the conversation about accounts receivable. Um, there is a very specific agenda to that conversation. Um, and like I said before, maybe you're not hiring somebody that is going to be your best friend. Well, I think they should, your bookkeeper will be your best friend. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they're not the person that you're having beers with after work, but, you know, getting into that regular habit, the discipline of the financial conversation, um, and a, a lot of business owners do it on Monday. I don't recommend Monday. Monday is a hard day. I don't know what it is about Monday. But Mondays Tuesday. are just messy. Mondays are messy. They're, you're they getting messy. your
0: head back on straight from the weekend. You're dealing right. with f- new fires of the week that are happening. Right. Avoid, right. avoid avoid the monday bookkeeper meeting
1: avoid the yes so do it on, do it on a tuesday have a yeah. clear agenda you know we always say that pal right a purpose and agenda and a length so it's may it's maybe no more than 30 minutes on your calendar if you can make it tighter than 30 minutes great don't make it don't extend it beyond that that's you know then then you're then you're killing yourself death by meetings mm-hmm. so a purpose agenda and a length have a very clear idea of what you want to look at it, but do it weekly
0: And when they're coming to that, that that weekly meeting, you know, what, what's on that agenda, what metrics in general, I mean, the, the, that agenda could include the checking of, like you said, the credit card statement and some other items, but when we think about uh, what items the bookkeeper is responsible for, whether it be, you know, the KPIs that they're, that they're reporting on, on a monthly basis, they're running the payroll, you know, what are some key items that we're saying this person needs to be responsible for? Gosh, you you hit
1: a lot of them there. You know, uh, you know, it's a, it's a cash, it's a cash. We talk about day's cash on hand, right? So, Mm -hmm. so from a, from a Nolan Consulting Group perspective, I'd want day's cash on hand as, as a metric. Um, So your cash available, if you're running weekly payroll, what the expected payroll is going to be, what that impact might be on the day's cash on hand. Uh, I'm setting, I'm thinking in my head as we're, as, as I think about a four week, there's a cycle to it. You don't need to be looking at your credit cards every single week, but you do need to be bringing up the credit card statement once a month. So maybe that's the if the bill is the 15th of the month it's the tuesday before that that's the agenda topic to make sure that everybody's credit card receipts are in or that all of the things that are that the, that you're splitting your personal from your professional how, however it might be that you're having that clear conversation um, i do want a check on your accounts receivable and and you know, that, that is an accountability measure there. So looking at your 30, 60, 90 days outstanding, if, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the, the kind of mix of business that you do. Um, so your AR, your cash, your payroll, um, anything else that might be important. So if you're, if it is December and you're thinking about your cash flow for the next three months, I might pop that on as a regular agenda item. Where are we? What bills are we paying? Because, you know, remember from that cash conversion rate, if, if you can work with your vendors to extend some of your payables, you might be able to increase that. So, so now you're, you're just kind of adding to that regular agenda. When am I paying these bills? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bookkeepers, they're high C's. As I mentioned, they're very detail oriented. And so if the bill says, the bill comes in on the 1st and the bill says it's due on the 14th, They're likely going to pay it on the 1st. As a business owner, you're going to think, okay, well, it comes in on the 1st, it's due on the 14th, but I know that I'm getting a big check on the 15th. And so we're going to pay it the week after. And that's your opportunity to tell your bookkeeper, please don't pay this. Uh, So those are the regular agenda type topics that I'd want to see happen.
0: More on that in just a second. A reminder that today's episode of Out of the Hourglass is sponsored by Bookkeeping for Trades. When it comes to contractors, they get it. Bookkeeping for Trades is a bookkeeping and tax firm who specializes in working with trades contractors across North America. More than your basic bookkeeping, what they truly specialize in is the detail, frequency, and accuracy that is so important for trades business owners as they try to make the wisest decisions for their operations how many times have you needed to know your numbers and have not been able to get any answers or the reporting doesn't really mean anything to you that's exactly the problem that the bookkeeping for trades team makes disappear this team is hyper specific in their focus they started off specializing in working with painters and have grown to take on additional contractors of all types they make the whole accounting process seamless for business owners helping them move their record-keeping and receipt management online, and walking them through how their accounting systems can tie in with everything else that they're using on the software front. Specific, accurate financial reporting that you can actually use. That's what Bookkeeping for Trades is all about. When it comes to contractors, they get it. And now, back to our episode. And it just shows it's important, it's important to have that meaning for communication items just like that, because... The, the bookkeeper is going to follow the process they're going they're like we said they're they're um, they're steady They are attention to detail they're focused on one thing so they're going to do the tasks ahead and so if there's nuances based upon certain situations they need to be communicated to uh, so that it removes the friction I think where in any competition that we have in any role communication remains to be high priority number one make sure that this 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 role is not, on an Island, just, you know, doing their own thing, head down. There has to be a line of communication um, because every business is also different. Everyone does things their way, whether it's the Nolan consulting group way, it's the Lancaster painting way you, and the bookkeeper needs to know that. So if you're bringing in somebody new and they're not used to the Lancaster way,
1: let's make sure that they get into the fold a little bit. Oh gosh, Molly, you've, you've hit on something so important there. I mean, I, 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 I think of all of the times that I've worked with a business owner who's hired a bookkeeper for the first time and has not done anything like that. Now, if you're hiring an external bookkeeper and you're hiring them on a 1099, right, so they're not an employee, a lot of business owners make the omission of onboarding, right? This is who we are. This is what we stand for. These are my values. This is what our mission statement is. This is what we are trying to achieve in the world. This is my thought about the financials that we have. They miss that because Mm -hmm. they think, oh, they're a bookkeeper. They know exactly what they're doing. I don't have to worry about it. You know, I I just heard somebody, you know, the other day talk about needing to go back and explain in a little bit more detail what the difference between a cash and accrual accounting was to a bookkeeper because we make the assumption that as a bookkeeper, they're going to know exactly what we're talking about, Um, but they don't know the summit workbook is designed for accrual accounting and it needs to be done in accrual accounting. And we haven't actually said that to the bookkeeper. And there's also
0: probably um, some KPIs known as key performance indicators that we're looking for and are wanting to have discussions with, with, you know, the business owner that they might not be aware of that they, it, it might be just new to them. And they can probably pick it up pretty quickly. They just need to be, like we said, kind of included in the fold. Know, know what you as a business owner are looking for. What are your expectations? Right. And I think that's, you know, re- whether it's um, someone you are, you are hiring as a full-time employee or part-time employee, whether it's a 1099, whether if it's your hiring a service, like bookkeeping for trades or bookkeeping for painters, they, they want to know, they they should be knowing what your intentions are. What, what's your growth plan? Right. Uh, what's important to you? Because then they'll help, then they'll be able to help you create and organize the numbers in a way
1: that helps you understand, helps you write your story, helps take you to the next level. You know, and that's one thing that I, I liked about Morgan, you know, Morgan talked with us as a group. And one of the things that she, she talked about with us and she expects of her team is that dialogue, right? She wants that dialogue. So I would be a little careful if, if you're, if you're looking at and um, maybe sourcing a bookkeeper, what is your bookkeeper potential bookkeepers' willingness to meet with you mm-hmm. like, or be re- how responsive are they to your queries, to your questions, to you know, please take a minute to explain to me? Um, are they going to charge you for every minute? <laughs> um, right, right. Um, so you know, all of these go into sourcing the right person. That that's you know? Okay. Yeah. So if you, if you're looking to to hire
0: a service, um, I mean, we, we've worked with the folks at Bookkeeping for Trades, um, also known as Bookkeeping for Painters. Um, Morgan Ray um, is one of the, the team members over there. And she was, she is great. She, she sets that, that, that dialogue for conversation from the get-go. And so um, if you are interviewing services um, like them, make sure that that's a part of the conversation mm-hmm. and that you don't feel like it's a, uh, you know uh numbers in numbers out scenario. They need right. they there needs to be dialogue there.
1: Right, right. You know, and um one of the things that uh we've got on the Summit Library is a series of questions. So if you're at the place where you are looking for somebody, you know, and um a lot of our business owners who maybe are just starting the conversation about hiring a bookkeeper, they're they're not Financial experts. I mean, we have a couple. We have a couple who, you know, maybe went to college, got into finance, were a business major, got into painting because they understood that it was profitable, or went into a a a different trade because they they knew that it was a profitable business and they could uh, make money. But in a lot of cases, we've got people who are self taught QuickBooks people. Um, and so they don't know what questions to ask and they don't know what answers to listen for, but we've got all of those on the summit library. So, you know, when you're, when you're asking a question and I, and I, regardless of the role, so this, this is particularly mm-hmm. true in bookkeeping, but regardless of the role, um, I, I would encourage you not to think that just because you are not an expert in a field that you cannot ask a hard question. And if you don't understand the answer, push and say explain that to me. I don't actually understand what you're saying. Can you can you say that to me in a way that I might be able to understand because you might intuitively understand it and they're giving you a formal answer and you need them to make it easy for you to to know what they're saying, what they're talking about. So, and I kind of in similar um,
0: tune with that. I love when I hear a business owner, whether it be small business or uh, a CEO of a large large corporation who say I don't know how to do that. So I brought in someone who's an expert and is much smarter than me and can handle it. And that is truly um, a letting go moment when I think as a lot of entrepreneurs, they start out, they're doing everything. And then to get to the point where, um, I'm I'm gonna gonna call it sometimes an ego thing where you you are willing to accept that somebody else might be able to do that job better. They are smarter at that job than you are. And to be able to pass that on to them, so that you can focus on other things, things that you're good at, that's a big move. It is a big move. It but is. But that's that's the growth move. That's the uncomfortable move.
1: Yep, it absolutely is. It's it is uncomfortable to say this is something that I am not the best at because you know you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you're right. You're like you're, you're the boss. That's right. You go out there and you crush problems. You know you're yeah. You don't let things stand in your way, like. Not understanding what a cruel means that just doesn't even blah right yeah. so it is it's it can be a pretty powerful moment to to let it go and have somebody else just to do it for you just do it
0: so um, to kind of bring this all full circle Catherine I just want to um, hit on you know this position. We see it in a variety of ways, like we mentioned before. We see it as a part-time position. We see it as a full-time position as a company uh, grows and needs um, more support in the accounting department. Uh, we see it as an external hiring of a service. Um, but if you're looking to bring somebody in, um, you know, to work for you part-time uh, on like a 1099, what what is the typical, um, what's what's the cost? What's the cost of this? What are we looking um, to to pay somebody to do to do
1: this role, you know, I would I would start with a, a budget of about forty five dollars an hour. I mean, it, depending upon your region, depending upon uh, the level of expertise, it can go up or down. Uh, I always caution people not to try to go too cheap here. Remember, you get what you pay for. Typically, our contractors are the higher priced. Um, contractors in their market, why would they settle for anything less in the providers that they work with? Uh, So $45 an hour, $55 an hour. I mean, it, it can certainly, it can, it can be, um, you know, it can sound like a lot, but I want to, I want you to walk you through an exercise. So at a million dollar business, we might expect a a, a 1099 bookkeeper to be giving someone, giving a business between six and eight hours a week. Um, Now, this might change depending upon the type of business that you've got. So if you are a residential uh, business with your average size job being two thousand dollars, you're going to have a lot more repetitive work that a bookkeeper may need to work on. So whether it's whether it's um, invoicing, whether it's accounts receivable, whether it's you know just the number, the sheer number of people maybe that you're bringing on in the summertime and payroll concerns, us uh, so. Uh, the the flip side of that is if you're a commercial business and you're doing uh, your average size job is seventy five thousand dollars and maybe you're maybe you're doing a little less paperwork turnover but you're having more conversations with other accounting departments and other firms so mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a workload issue there but we say between six and eight six and eight hours a week at a million dollars if you're paying somebody forty five dollars an hour six hours it's two hundred seventy dollars a week sounds like a lot, right? Sounds like a lot. Gosh, you know, what could I get for that? Uh, but it's only $14,000 over the course of the year. And that's, um, once in, in the scale of things and make it, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. It's, it's, it's... A lot. it's yes. one hundredth of a percent. Um, if it's eight hours a week, it's $360 a week or a little less than 20 grand. Um, you know that's that's not a lot of money to not have you doing things. You know, Molly, you hit something pretty important, which is, if you as a business owner are doing bookkeeping, or if somebody in your office who is miscast is doing bookkeeping, um, you're actually costing your business more money. So, you as an owner doing bookkeeping, are you visioning? Are you making strategic moves? Are you actually having lunch with your peers? in order to understand what the market is doing? Are you working with your competitors to um, maybe understand hiring challenges? Are you doing work in your community to bolster, bolster your presence there? All of those things are being missed. If you're sitting at your computer, plugging in invoices. Not an effective use of oh, your time. No. <laughs> like, as I say that, I'm like, why, why would you sit down and do invoicing? I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know that choice. Yeah. And, but I think just that context, just those things that you said right there and actually putting the numbers behind it, it's a pretty hard argument to, to still say, no, I'm still going to invoice. I mean, oh, it's, I it's a hard battle of fight there. Um, and then of course that, you know, those six to eight hours grows over time as your business your business revenue size grows uh, because there's, there's going to be more work to do kind of more controls to be, to be put in place. When does this become a full-time position? You know, your your opinion,
1: there is, there is, um, like I mentioned before, there, there are a number of different factors that go into play. Also, do you handle payroll internally? Do you have a payroll company that handles it for you? Uh, you know, when, um, I, I, I would say probably somewhere in the, you know, two to four million dollar range is when I'm thinking I want to have that person as an employee. Now, to be clear, now you are looking for somebody different because likely that 1099 person has 10 other clients that they're working with or five other clients that they're working with. And so you now you need to do a job search you're still looking for somebody with that same profile, so don't make the mistake if you can hire a full time person as a bookkeeper, and they're going to answer phones, and they're going to handle the crew leader questions, and they're going to, you know, that's this is not an and job. Sounds like that's it. There's a position position vision there oh, in the creation. Of course, there is a position. It's yeah. all written.
0: <laughs> uh, there we go.
1: But you know, it is. It's it's um, and and somewhere someone who then becomes an employee. As I, you know, they're they're not forty five dollars an hour now. They're fifty five thousand dollars a year or sixty five thousand dollars a year. And you know, maybe you're hiring them as a full char- charge bookkeeper. Uh, maybe you're hiring them as an accounting manager. As you were mentioning, if you're at that three or four million dollar level. At what point are you bringing somebody on maybe who's got career aspirations? So now you can bring your vision into play. You can Mm -hmm. talk about what it is that you see, the growth that you want to occur. And maybe you could get somebody who is a, a little greener around the gills with a certain level of experience, but a little bit greener that you can work and develop into a bigger role as you grow. Right. Remember, always, always hire, not necessarily with just what you need today, but hire with your future in mind. And know that the people currently in place right now might
0: need might need uh, development or might not be in the right role as you grow.
1: Exactly right. Yes. I mean, I'm, we've, we spend countless times yes. uh, discussing that, but you know, the uh, working with somebody who's I mean, I you know, everybody knows the story of Steve Nefranowitz with Nolan Painting, but it bears repeating. He started as an apprentice mm-hmm. in the field with Nolan Painting, worked his way up to a crew leader, eventually went into a sales role, then moved into this sort of financial world. Um, I would encourage you as a as a business owner to keep your eyes open for people who've got that interest. You don't know who you've got on your team until you start talking to them. Again, it always comes back to communication.
0: It does. It really does. Always, always, always. Well, Catherine, um, that was a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate kind of, you know, the wisdom and advice um, that you bring in the stories as well. I think just kind of putting the numbers behind it, putting stories behind it really helps it hit home as to the the importance of it. Um, And we do hope that, you know, anybody listening who hasn't put this role as important or made it as a priority. Um, we hope that this has influenced you Absolutely. A, l- a little bit, uh, Catherine, anything else you'd like to
1: add on this topic before we, we say goodbye. No, um, other than I, I would suggest if you, so, so of course speak to your coach, but there are so many tools on the summit library with specific regard to bookkeepers. Um, as I mentioned, interviewing questions and answers, you mentioned the position vision. There's a lot of resources out there. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to take advantage of them. Absolutely.
0: Well, Catherine, until next time, thank you very much. Thank you, Molly. It's always a pleasure. Likewise. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm with coaches located around the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for a future episode? We'd love to hear from you visit our website, www.nolancg.com.